0: Episode 7 of the Christ Community Church Brawley Podcast. I am your host, Sean Arviso, and... I am Caleb Dobronich. And we're so grateful that you decided to spend a few minutes with us as we talk about praise reports in the church, what we're learning, and some other fun stuff, as well as your questions that can be asked. And so, Mr. Caleb, what
1: do we got going on today? So we're going to go into our question of the month segment, but before, I just want to let you guys know, you can submit your questions to us via social media. You can do that on Instagram, Facebook, or... Or if you're watching this video on YouTube, you can just comment your questions down below and we'll do our best to get to them in the following segments. So this month, the first question of the month is a fun question and it's just kind of wanting to know what are your hobbies and what is a relaxing day to you?
0: Hobbies. I would probably say it is hiking, mixed martial arts, and shooting. And a relaxing day to me would, including those things, as well as maybe visiting some different coffee shops, uh, spending some quiet time reading just a good book, spending time with close friends and family. That would probably be a really long but relaxing day to
1: me. Nice. And how about you? So at this current season in my life, I don't have very many hobbies. Yeah, I've just been Get this man a hobby. (laughs) With, um, (laughs) you know, going to school full time, as well as, you know, up until like two weeks ago, working both here at the church and at Youth for Christ, I've just had... Uh, not much time to do hobbies, but in the past, some of the things that I've always loved to do is snowboarding and also hiking. And so I used to spend a lot of time up in Big Bear doing those things. And so for me, I love the outdoors. I love like a relaxing day outside, even more by myself. I'm a little bit more introverted. So for me, a great fun, relaxing day is just being by myself in nature or just at home with a book i love to read but so for me a relaxing time is being alone
0: maybe as <laughs> maybe as we're getting into this cooler weather here in the imperial county maybe it might be good for us to schedule a hiking day or a trip or something like that take a group out just go enjoy the outdoors some of our tech team is yeah going like this i yeah. think uh, that would be really fun
1: yeah so and for so for me I, I like the, a good day for me an exciting day is waking up early going to the gym Reading a book and being asleep by like 10 o'clock. For me, that's like an exciting day. What a party animal. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so we actually got a little bit more of a serious question. And so it is, how do you get started in evangelizing and sharing the gospel? We know that this is something all Christians are called to do. Mm -hmm. How do we do it, Caleb?
1: So Nike has this great quote, just do it. That's deep. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sort of. That kind of is. Ultimately, you just have to do it, but there is ways to prepare, and you do want to go prepared. You don't want to just go and and have no clue what you're doing because you could really mess it up, and you could cause damage to others if you are representing the gospel incorrectly, if you are giving a false gospel. And so you do want to prepare, and there's so many different evangelistic methods. Um, One that I used that I began with, what kind of got me in... Into evangelism was the way of the master with Ray Comfort and. In his, you can watch his videos on YouTube. It's Living Waters. It's his YouTube channel. It's great. It's a great, shout out to Ray Comfort and Living yes, Waters. Yes, it's a and it's a great method. And so the way he does it is he just goes out into public and he uses the Old Testament law, the moral law, to kind of reveal our sin to us, and then ultimately trying to reveal to these people their sickness, their need for a cure, and then that cure being the gospel. And then he presents the gospel to them. And so that's one method. And I've used that when I go to the mall and I evangelize. And, um, a great tool also is just surround yourself with people that have been doing it. Mm -hmm. You want to, it's a lot easier when you're with somebody who knows what they're doing rather than if you just watch these videos and try and go and do it by yourself. And so if you do know people in your life who do evangelize and, or who have done it in the past, I would say that a great way to get involved in is to be around them, go with them and allow them to teach you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way of the master with Ray Comfort. I do love the conversational, simplistic style of that. And if you're not familiar, essentially... Ray Comfort takes the the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments and just really simply goes up to people with the microphone and a, a camera phone and says, hey, you know, after some small talk conversation, as, hey, have you ever lied before? Well, yes. Ever used God's name in vain? Well, yes. Looked at a woman with lust? Yes. And a number of other questions and basically saying, well, you, by your own admission, have admitted you are a lying, blasphemer, adulterer. Do you think that God will let you in? And so by having those simple questions, Um, it helps someone to realize, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not a quote-unquote good person. Because when you go out into the world and you ask, hey, do you think you know if you're going to go to heaven? Sometimes people will say yes, and you ask, okay, why do you think that? They say, well, I'm a pretty good person. And so we both know that Jesus, John 4, is the living water, and everyone is to drink of the living water to not uh, be thirsty again, to be fully satisfied. But one of the concepts that has been helpful for me is that Uh, yes, people are called to drink of Jesus, the living water, but sometimes people need to get thirsty first. They need to realize their sin, and they are in need of a Savior. Because if you just come to them with good news, well, that might be good news, but why do I need that? They need to realize, I'm a sinner in need of God's grace. And so, any more thoughts on that?
1: Well, just two things. One, in the way the Master, for example, as you were saying, when you tell someone, you know, oh, so by your own admission, you're a liar, a thief, an adulterer, that might seem like, man, people don't get offended, like they don't get upset. And it's like they do get offended slightly, but I've never had anybody like attack me or anything like that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like they, people do get offended, but ultimately you don't leave them there. You're, you're doing it with the purpose of then sharing the good news. And so for the most part, I've never, sometimes people will not want to continue the conversation, but I've never had any bad reactions from it. And also I just want to say with the evangelistic methods that are out there, they're all, they're great. I can't say all, I don't know about all of them, but the ones I do know about, they're great. But one of the problems is when we memorize a script and then we go out there and the things, the conversations that we have don't go according to the script, we can kind of get thrown off. And so just know it's all about practice, just doing it over and over and over. And as you do, eventually you'll get the hang of it. But the first time you go out there and you try and go based on your script and then this person asks you a question that throws you off, don't freak out. It's okay if you don't know all the answers. You're going to learn over time. Just keep going. Keep doing it. And ultimately, just keep the main thing the main thing. Because it can be very easy with their questions to kind of get off trail. And just remember, you want to get to the center of the gospel. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And and so don't let the questions kind of throw you off. Mm -hmm. Try and stay on the main thing, which is the gospel.
0: Absolutely. And if maybe you yourself are having conversations with somebody about Jesus, co-worker, family member, especially as we're getting into the holiday season, you're going to be having a lot of these conversations with people at the dinner table with Thanksgiving coming up and so on and so forth. And if somebody wants to ask those questions and get off trail, here's a really simple phrase for you to use. Say, you know what, that's a really interesting question why don't we talk about that later let's come back to this you know just always easily redirect i want to share a quick story Uh, might be a little funny with regard to evangelism so you're talking about having been beaten up uh out evangelizing which is great i'm glad you haven't and uh was spring of 2013 and it was about 10 p.m or so on the streets of hollywood And me and a small group of others were in Hollywood and we were evangelizing, which, by the way, there's quite the interesting crowd at 10 p.m. in Hollywood. And uh, as we were talking, there was this gentleman that was talking to and he was just so adamant that he was God in the flesh. Now, he may have been on some stuff. But he was just so adamant about this, and I was trying to respectfully say, you know, that's not true, and coming back to Jesus, and then he pulled a knife on me, Wow. and uh, he escalated things very quickly, and so kind of had to start backing away, and anyways, that was probably the closest I had gotten to a physical altercation with somebody over the gospel, but wow. he didn't stab me, and I'm very thankful. Um, But yeah, so on that note, so yes, Way of the Master with Ray Comfort, so good. We encourage you to go check out their videos on YouTube in particular. And one of the helpful tools for me, uh, and actually before even getting to the tool, is I want to share with you big picture about evangelism. The big picture is this. You have to have a foundation of the first two greatest commandments. The number one greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That has to be your foundation. Number two, to love your neighbor as yourself, to really see people as God sees you. And then number three, having a foundation in God's word. I loved what you brought up, Caleb, that if you're not grounded in the truth you can really do damage to other people you can start sharing false doctrine and heresy and oh my gosh you're going to really lead people astray and we don't want to do that so first of all you have to have a foundation in your love for the lord number two your love for others and number three your love for god's word and having an understanding of the word of god in order to communicate the god of the word and so one of my personal favorite tactics is called the roman's road which it really simplistically is sharing the gospel through different verses within the book of Romans. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel right now, but very quickly you can jot down these references for yourself. It starts off with the bad news, Romans 3.23, and then Romans 6.23, the first half, which basically says we are all sinners and we are all deserving of hell. And if we just said, all right, have a wonderful day, uh, you know, God loves you, and oh my gosh, I'm a sinner, I'm deserving of hell— well, that's not a great way to end that conversation, right? That's bad news. And before we talk about the good news, we have to talk about the bad news. And then the good news is this: Romans five eight. But God demonstrates His love towards us. So Romans five eight, the rest of Romans six twenty three, Romans ten nine, Romans ten thirteen. I like to throw in First John one nine, where John the Elder now says, "If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all." unrighteousness and so i personally like the romans road but there's a lot of great tools out there gospel colors uh way of the masters you brought up gospel explosion there's just so many tools out there and so to go back to what you said at the very beginning caleb
1: just do it you just have to get started and um like you were saying it is grounded in love for god and love for neighbor And a lot of people think, well, I'm just not bold. I don't have that boldness. And Ray Comfort has this great thing. He says, it's not about boldness. It's about love. That perfect love casts out all fear. And he uses this analogy. It would be as if you saw a child out on a frozen lake and the child falls through the ice. It's not boldness that causes you to go out there and save the child. It's love. You see a child drowning in the ice. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about whether or not you're going to fall through the ice. You want to save this child. Yeah. And so when we understand that the world that we're going out to evangelize to is lost, they're fallen, they're in the water, they're freezing, they're dying, it's not boldness that causes us to go and give them the gospel. It's not boldness that causes us to set our own feelings aside and our own, like, yeah, it, it's, it's love. It's love that causes us to be able to do that, that we don't want to see this person perish. We want to see them come to Christ, know God, love God. And so that's ultimately, it's perfect love that casts out all fear, not not boldness. And so,
0: There's a famous quote from Penn & Teller, the uh, entertainment uh, magicians, and one of the guys said this, and it has always been so striking, and these are atheists. These are atheists saying this, Penn and & Teller, and he said, If the gospel is really true, if all of this is really true, how much do you have to hate somebody to know the message of salvation and not give it to them? How much do you have to hate them to not give them that cure? And so we have to love God and love people enough to tell them about the cure for their sin disease. We have to love people enough to let them know that they can be forgiven. And and is that not what we've been called to do? Not only Second Corinthians 5.17 is for us that we've been made new creations, but then a few verses later, Paul says to the Corinthians, and you, Christian, have been called into God's ministry of reconciliation. If you're wondering as a Christian, what am I called to do? Well, literally in the Bible, it says you are called into God's ministry of reconciliation, that God is pleading through you for a lost world to be saved. So a lot of great conversation there on evangelism.
1: Yep. Yeah, we can go all day about Absolutely. it. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> that's definitely our hearts. We just, we just love Jesus, and we want to yeah. see other people love Jesus. And mm-hmm. so that's
1: close to our heart. Yep. All right, so now we're gonna enter into our next segment of what are you learning? So Sean, would you like to share with us what you've been learning the past couple weeks? So this
0: past weekend um, had an information overload mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't quite uh, processed all of it. I have 38 pages of notes that I took. So this past Friday and Saturday, I was in a two-day seminar for my uh, the degree that I'm pursuing Uh, this past Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with Dr. Craig Blomberg on the topic of reliability of the Gospels. And so it's kind of hard to pick out kind of one particular thing out of this uh, two-day seminar lecture, Um, but I think just kind of the big picture is that there is an overwhelming amount of evidence for the reliability of the Gospels that what you read in your Bible today truly is what the gospel writers wrote then. Now, we could discuss the minute details and particulars, and some people will want to point out, oh, I think this is a contradiction, and then if you do more research, you realize it's not, there's really answers for those questions, but there is nothing in antiquity that compares to the Bible that we have Mm -hmm. today. What we read today is what they
1: wrote then. Yep, and it's quite amazing when you think about all throughout history, when you read about all the different people throughout history that have tried to destroy the scriptures deliberately with intent tried to wipe out the scriptures from existence yeah. and it survives not only survives but is preserved so perfectly mm-hmm. and it's just amazing absolutely and uh,
0: yeah and just that one line that you said you know being preserved so perfectly i mean there's just so much information to support that claim. These are not just granderous claims that we're just kind of throwing out there that the Bible's reliable, and what we have now is what they wrote then. These aren't just granderous claims we just throw out there. There's a tremendous amount of hard evidence to support that, but this is not an apologetics class, so we won't dive into all of those yeah, details. But right even now.
1: even non-Christians will say what you've said, that it is true. It is a work of antiquity that has been preserved. Like, it's yeah. not it's not just something that us Christians are throwing out there. It is it's truth. It's, it's an objective It's the most reliable fact. document in antiquity. Yep.
0: And so, how about you? What have you been learning?
1: So, for me, this might be a little interesting, but lately I've been learning Spanish. And so, <laughs> yeah. That's practical. And it is, especially living here in the Imperial Valley. And kind of going back to evangelism, that is the reason why I've started to learn Spanish is a lot of the times when I go out evangelizing, again, given that we live in the Imperial Valley, probably... of all the people that I approach to evangelize to I'm unable to because of the language barrier and so for me that was always weighing on my heart like man like I want to have a conversation with this person and I literally can't because I can't speak their language And so I decided you know what? I'm gonna learn Spanish. So can you give us a line? Can I give you a line? Not really. I'm just learning like the um what are they called, like the nos and vos and things like that. And um, so, no, I really can't yet. But right, um, next time I've just I've been on an app learning some Spanish and I'm uh, registered for a Spanish class next semester. And so hopefully by next semester, I'll be able to give you a line. Give one line. At least <laughs> I hope to be able to have a conversation with you in Spanish by then. But um, but yeah, and and even um, there's other like the Mormon missionaries, for example, they learn Spanish to come down here. And they don't even have the Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them, and they're willing to learn a whole other language just to come down here and preach um, what we would say is a false gospel. And so I would say us as Christians who are filled with the Spirit, who have the true gospel, how much more should we be willing to learn the, the language of the people here? and in order to give them the gospel. And so for me, that was kind of the driving factor. And there's also just a lot of practical sure. reasons for knowing how to speak Spanish. and Ordering food in Spanish, that's practical. Yep. But <laughs> anywho, so that's kind of what I've been venturing on for my learning. Cool. And so praise reports.
0: What exciting things have been happening in the church or in your life since we've last been with our
1: friends here? So a church thing that's exciting is we started Operation Go. Yes. And again, back to evangelism. It is a evangelism method where they use Romans Road, essentially, and it's geared towards actually knocking on doors and giving the gospel that way, which is new for me. Cold conversation. Yeah, all the ways that I've given it in the past is in like the mall or at Walmart in the public square, basically going up to people and just asking for a minute of their time. So knocking on doors is a new thing for me as a way of giving the gospel, but it's great. And so that's something that we've started recently here at our church at Christ Community Church Brawley. And um, personally, something that is a praise report for me is my stepsister got married. And for me, as I was sharing with you earlier, as a Christian, it's the first wedding I've been to as a Christian, and it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's just when you see it as a Christian, you see that God has instituted something just so beautiful that these two people have made a covenant before him, and that we have a God who created love like it has a purpose like there's a purpose behind why they're doing this and and it's just beautiful the whole thing and so that was a praise report for me is not only getting to see my sister get married Mm -hmm. especially because she's been had a very rough life and so to see her get married is beautiful but also just the institution of marriage in general and the significance of a wedding and what it represents is just amazing.
0: November first was my wife and I's eight year anniversary. It's amazing how fast time flies and now three boys later. Yeah. Caleb, do you want to get married? I do. Are you taking applications? I am. Oh my gosh. Ladies, <laughs> you heard it here first. He's taking applications. You can email him at cdobrnich at ccc dot org. Are you really? <laughs> I yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs>
1: Well, we're praying for your future spouse. You're gonna be. Is a great this gonna be a blooper? Or is this in the podcast? This is the real deal, guys. All right. Well, it's you're gonna be there. a great husband. Thank you. Moving
0: on. Um, so, some praise reports for me. A few things I want to share is that the day of this recording, actually, Caleb and I were in a meeting today with Rosalind Servin, who oversees the Brawley Feed the Need here, which is actually just a block or two away from our church property. And uh, basically, the meeting was about how can the church partner with them to not just meet some physical needs in the community, but more importantly, how can we partner with them to, going back to evangelism, preach the gospel and bring people to Jesus? And I think it was a really uh, fruitful time. It was really good. A couple other people were involved with that. And so stay tuned for what that will bring. And number two is Cattle Call for Brawley just passed at the time that this is going to be posted. And so if anybody you know, if anyone knows about Brawley's Cattle Call, it is just the annual ultimate event of the year. I mean, it is a week-long festivity. And Main Street, for three of the events, all of Main Street is blocked off. And so we've had a booth here at Cattle Call's three events of the Chili Cook-Off, the Mariachi Night, and then Saturday's Parade. And so, of course, you can check out our social media for some different photos and videos and some updates on how that went. And then number three, at the time, this is posted, we are almost done with Operation Christmas Child's National Collection Week. And so we are collecting shoebox gifts through Operation Christmas Child to send to kids all over the world. And National Collection Week this year is November 14th through the 21st, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. And so we are collecting Imperial County's shoebox gifts. And then on the 21st, we'll take them over to El Cajon, which then all of these boxes will get thrown on semi-trucks and then sent to a processing center, and then they'll get shipped all over the world. and. so I encourage you to check out samaritanspurse.org slash OCC to get more information on that organization that really has an international impact with yeah. the gospel because then these shoeboxes, not only get to uh, the local churches that they partner with, and then the local churches do these big events in all these different villages and small towns with these families and kids, and all these kids come together and get a gift that they may not get uh, for the entire year, but then most importantly, not only do they get to open up that gift that you packed But the gospel is presented, discipleship opportunities are given, the local church communities in these different countries are the ones who do all of the follow-up work and work with the families. So quite literally, millions upon millions and millions of people hear the gospel, number one. And many of them accept Christ and then are now following Jesus as a result of you packing a simple shoebox gift. And so just what an opportunity for us to send the gospel around the world.
1: Yeah. And so I would say check in with your local church and see if this is something they are doing. And I'm sure they can help you from there on how to send your shoebox out.
0: Well, Caleb, this has been an awesome conversation, and if any of you guys have any suggestions on maybe different segments that you would love to see us do, questions you have uh, for us, or anything that you want to discuss or feedback, we'd love to hear you comment about that or contact us about it.
1: And so with that being said, God bless. We love you guys, and... And please share this video with your friends, like it, and subscribe to our channel. And God bless.
0: We'll see you in the next one.